0: All right, good morning, everybody. I'm glad that you love Jesus enough to be here. Not saying anybody doesn't love Jesus if they're not here. But here we are, right? That's right. I really am glad that you guys are here this morning. Um, With everything that's going on, I did go to the Lord and just say, hey, uh, do we need to change what we're doing? Do we need to adjust what we're doing? And he said, no. I knew this was coming. I've already given you a message. Give that message. so that's what we're going to do this morning. Um, has been said many times up here there there are some terrible things going on there's a lot of fear going on, but that's not who we are and we're just going to continue to do what we do. We're going to continue to be here on Sunday mornings until they tell us we can't. I don't believe it's going to get to that place but we're going to have church on Sunday mornings until they say no gathering at all. okay? So we're here. So um, this morning we're going to be in First, Chan- First Samuel chapter 9 and we're also going to be in numbers chapter 13. If you've got a Bible and you want to follow along, find numbers 13. Put your finger there, put something there to to hold your place, and then go find 1 Samuel 9 because that's where we're going to be most of the time. If you don't have a Bible, or if you prefer, as always, we're going to be right up here on the screen with all of the scriptures. Okay, in 1920, a man named Oswald Smith stood before the board of a missionary organization in Canada. And it had been his, uh, his dream, his passion, his desire to be a missionary, and he had prayed a prayer many, many times saying, Lord, I, I want to go to the nations for you. Will you open a door for me? Now, uh, Oswald Smith, all throughout his childhood and uh, his teenage years, he had been very, very sick. In fact, he had missed two full school years recovering from pneumonia, and um, the doctors didn't even think that he would make it to, to adulthood, but he did, and at 23 years old, he gave his life to the Lord at a crusade in Toronto, and that's why he was there meeting with this mission organization, and this was not the first mission organization that he had met with, but because of his record of illness, the mission organization turned him down. So, his, he was highly disappointed. His, his dreams seemed to be crushed, and what would he do? What would he do now? This had been his dream. What would he do? All he wanted to do was preach the gospel and go be a missionary. Now what would he do? And I'm going to leave. That's a cliffhanger, okay? I'm going to leave that right there. You'll find out what happens at the end. But we're finishing our lesson series this week called Lies That We Tell Ourselves. Uh, We've exposed the lies that I can handle sin, that I can handle fear, that I can handle stress, and I can handle rejection, Uh, that must have been the best message I've ever preached in my life because people that don't even like me were calling me this week and saying that was a good message. So if you missed that last week, you may want to go back and listen to it. I can handle rejection. But this morning, we're going to expose the lie that I can handle disappointment. Martin Luther King Jr. said, We must accept finite disappointment but never lose infinite hope. In other words, there are going to be things that come along in life that may bring some disappointment, but they have an end. Because we have hope in something that has no end. You hear me? Romans 5.5 says, and hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Disappointment and hope are mortal enemies. They're mortal enemies. Now, you need to understand that uh, hope and disappointment both operate in in our emotional realm, in our emotion and in our mind. Uh, Faith operates in our spirit. God gave us a measure of faith. That's what the Word says, that we have a measure of faith. But faith can only rise as high as our emotions and our mind will let it go. So often, faith gets squashed right here. But hope, there's a reason that the Bible says that we have to have hope and faith. There's a reason that the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped 4. Because hope deals with our emotions and our mind. When Corey was up here and he was preaching to you, it's probably the best message you're going to hear today, but when he was preaching to you, what he was doing was stirring up hope. And he said, you know, I'm just stirring you up a little bit. He's stirring up hope so the faith can arise in us. You hear me? So hope is, and disappointment are mortal enemies. They cannot operate in the same space. Either disappointment is going to overwhelm hope or hope is going to drive disappointment out. Yeah. So let's look at a story here. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, starting in verse 3, Now the donkeys of Kish... Saul's father were lost. Now Saul was, was to become the first king of Israel. This is before he is king. The donkeys were lost. So Kish said to his son, "Take now with you one of the servants, and arise, go and search for the donkeys." So the first thing that I want to ask this morning is, what's your donkey's name? What is your donkey's name? There are two famous donkeys in the Bible, or two came to mind as I was putting this together. The first one was Balaam's donkey. Balaam was a prophet, but didn't have enough sense to see the angel of the Lord standing in his way. It's pretty sad when your donkey has to tell you, don't go this way. The donkey knew more about the direction of the Lord than the prophet of God, okay? So there are times that we lose direction, Have you ever lost your direction? Have you ever questioned your direction? Or have you ever just been plain confused about your direction? Now, the second donkey is out of the New Testament, and it was the donkey that carried Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. This donkey had the honor of carrying all of the promises of God on his back. Salvation on his back. Everything that God was promising humanity was on his back. Have you ever been holding on to a promise, but it seems to be out of reach? Here's the last thing I want to show you this. Saul had been sent to find the donkeys. The name Saul means desired or asked for. Have you ever been desiring or asking for direction? or fulfillment of God's promises in your life but it seems like your donkey's lost. This is the moment that disappointment starts laying siege to your mind and to your emotions. Proverbs 13:12 the first part of the scripture there says, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." Hope put off makes the heart sick. Hope that does not pull up faith and bloom into what God wants it to be makes the heart sick. The message version of that same scripture says, unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick. Many times we deal with unrelenting disappointment in life, in love, in family, in finding toilet paper. Sometimes we're even disappointed in church and disappointed in God. What's your donkey's name? Loss, hurt, rejection. What's your donkey's name? So let's see what happened to Saul here. Back in 1 Samuel 9, verse 4, says, He passed through the hill country of Ephraim, and passed through the land of Shalasha, but did not find them, the donkeys. They passed through the land of Shalim, but they were not there. Then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but he did not find them. He's looking everywhere, but he does not find them. He's looking here, he's looking there, but he does not find them. So here's the second thing I want to ask you. Are we going to live by the butts of disappointment or by the butts of hope? Butts of disappointment or butts of hope? Sometimes I feel like I'm seeking, but I'm not finding. Instead, I'm finding discouragement. Because it looks like the promises of God are just not for me. Now, if you put your finger in Numbers 13 and you want to flip over there, we're going to look at a few scriptures here in Numbers 13, starting in verse 27. What's going on here is um, the children of Israel, they've come up to the promised land after God has, has released them from slavery in Egypt, and they've come up to the promised land. And Moses sends 12 spies into the land. God's already told him that the land is good. God's already told him that the land uh, uh, produces a lot of fruit. God's already told him that he's gonna take care of all the enemies that are in the promised land. So, this is what's going on. It says, This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And indeed, it was a bountiful country. Indeed, God told the truth. A land flowing with milk and honey. God told the truth. Here's the kind of produce. What they had done, it said that that just, just a cluster of grapes was so big out of the promised land that it took two men to carry it. And they carried it back to Moses. And they go, see, here's even proof. God didn't lie. God told the truth, <laughs> but but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. This is what discouragement says. It says, I know what God said, but it doesn't work for me. I know that God has said that one of his covenant names is the God that heals, but it doesn't work for me. One of his covenant names is the God that provides, but it doesn't work for me. Another covenant name is the God of peace, but it doesn't work for me. I see it working for other people, but it doesn't seem to be working for me. Discouragement says, I know what God says, but it doesn't work for me. But guess what? We got to battle but with but. Hope. Battling disappointment brings the butt of expectation. God wants to build expectation in us, and it will overcome the butt of discouragement. There in Numbers 13, verse 30, says, But Caleb, Caleb was one of the guys that had been sent into the promised land. But Caleb tried to quiet the people. Let's go at once and take the land. Let's do it. God has promised it. We can do it. Let's go. Let's go. We can certainly conquer it, the Scripture says. I like Caleb. The name Caleb means bold like a dog. And sometimes we need to have some bold dog anointing. We need to have some bold dog tenacity about us. You can see the promise. All these men had walked into the promised land, and they go, look, God didn't lie, but we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. And Caleb goes, yes, we can. Yes, we can. We're not waiting. We're going right now. We're going to take it because God said that we could take it, and that's why we're going to do it. The promises of God, just as Corey was talking about, the promises of God are for you. Might not look like it, might not feel like it, might not smell like it but you've got to have a little bold dog about you that says, I'm not letting go until I get what I'm after from God. Hold on to the promises of God. Where are his promises? Hold on to the promises of God. Look what God has said. Look at what God has done and understand that we can do it. But if we don't allow hope to build expectation in us, a bigger butt comes along. The but of disillusionment. Dropping down just a couple of verses there. In Numbers 13, verse 31, but, but the other men who had explored the land disagreed with him. Let me just tell you something. Not everybody that says they want to go into the promised land are going to do it the way God said do it. Not everybody that says that they want to see the the things of God happen are actually going to press through to see it happen. But the other men who had explored the land disagreed with him. We can't go up. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? They're stronger than we are. Well, they probably are, but you know what? They're not stronger than our God. So they spread a bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. Man, that sounds like some church folks, doesn't it? It's not going to work. It'll never happen. You're trying to build on to your building and the economy is just crashing now. What's wrong with you? God told us to do it. And if God said do it, it doesn't matter what it looks like. We walk by faith and not by sight. All the people that we saw were huge. I heard somebody say one time that there may just be uh, giants in your promised land, but they're just holding the ground until you get there, making sure nobody else gets it. When, we see your, when you see your problem bigger than the promise of God, we will become disillusioned. We start thinking, there's no way God can do it. It won't work. God's not big enough for my problems. Now, you may never say that, but that's the way that we're acting. Now, there's still hope, and hope brings another butt The butt of encouragement to fight the butt of disillusion. In 1 Samuel 30, Verse 6, let me give you a little context here. David, this is before he became king of Israel. David was out in battle. While he was out in battle, another enemy came around and attacked his camp. Kidnapped the the wives, the kids, took, took all their flocks and ran away. And these men that had just been out to battle with David, they come back and they found, find their camp destroyed. They find all their family gone. It says, and David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Isn't that nice? Let me, let me just tell you that people that will that, follow you, sometimes they'll want to stone you another time. They spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his son and for his daughters. But, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes, sometimes we have got to just get alone with God by ourselves. It doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. How do you encourage yourself in the Lord? You better be able to pick up your own Bible and flip over to Psalms 91 and know what it says right there. You will not be afraid of any terror by night. I'm not going to be afraid. We need to know that it says no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. I'm not living in a tent, but if I need to put a tent out in the backyard just so this will be uh, fulfilled in my life, I will do it. (laughs) We need to be able to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We need to be able to get into worship. Worship doesn't just happen here on Sunday mornings. It can happen wherever you are at any time. You don't even have to have music. It's just you and the Lord. If we don't find encouragement in the Lord... If we continue down this path, the path of disappointment, the obvious ending is defeat. Defeat. Now back to 1 Samuel chapter 9. When they, Saul and his servant, when they came to the land of Zaph, Saul said, I have had enough. Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us return, or else my father will cease to be concerned about the donkeys and will become anxious for us. What he's saying is, I've tried everything. I've looked everywhere, and now I'm quitting. I'm quitting. I'm going back. But what is he going back to? The donkeys aren't there. If we quit, what are we going back to? We're going back to that same place where we said we didn't have direction. We're going back to that same place where we said, I didn't see the fulfillment of the promises of God. We're going back to the same place. So the only real option is to go on. I want you to imagine for a second a stone cutter with a, a, a huge piece of stone And he's got his hammer, and he's striking it. And he has struck it a hundred times, and there's not even a crack in it. But on that 101st time, bam, it breaks in two. Now, he's smart enough to know that it wasn't the 101st strike that broke it. It was the 101st plus the other 100 that had gone into it. Sometimes in life, we got to hammer at things. We got to hammer in prayer. We got we to hammer for relationships. We've got to hammer for freedom. We got to hammer against addictions. We've got to hammer against things. If we quit now... Everything we've done up until this point is meaningless. I've seen people get in faith and they start moving, they start believing, and they start going, and then they just quit. It's too hard. I pull back. I quit. I quit. Everything we've done up to that point becomes of nothing. If we quit now, we don't get to see. That maybe the next strike is what breaks your rock. Right. Whatever that is that's holding you back. Back to 1 Samuel chapter 9. It says, and he said to them, behold now. Now this, this is the servant, okay? <clears throat> Saul has already said, we're going back. But the servant... The servant, Saul had chosen a good companion. You know what a good companion will do? When you want to quit, going, no, 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 there's another step. Let's keep going. Let's keep moving. See, if he had chosen the wrong wrong companion, they'd already been headed back. But this companion said, behold, now there's a man of God in the city. And this man is held in honor. All that he says surely comes true. Now let's go there. Perhaps he can tell us about our journey on which we've set out. So here's the third thing I want you to see. God always has an answer. And I know that sounds so simple, but it's absolutely the truth. God always has an answer. Henry Beecher, who was a preacher and an abolitionist in the 1800s, said, our best success often comes after our greatest disappointments. When we come to that place where we've been discouraged and we've been disillusioned and we want to quit, that's just about the time God's going to say, you win. When we don't pull back, when everybody else has quit, when everybody else has gone back and we don't quit, Philippians 1.6 <clears throat> says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. He told you to start on the journey. He put the desire in your heart. He called you. He's the one that showed you your donkeys had gotten loose. And you know what? He's going to keep leading you and keep guiding you. He's going to keep working on your behalf until Jesus comes and takes you to heaven. But why does it take so long? Why does it seem so painful? 1 Corinthians 15, 36 answers that. Why does it take so long? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow. Into a plant, unless it dies first. I want you to hear this. There's a period of time when death and destiny look a lot alike. There's a period of time when it seems like you just covered up. There's a period of time when it seems dark. And God has planted the seed of hope in you for your situation. But it has to grow. It has to grow. Isaiah 61 calls us oaks of righteousness, but trees start as seeds. I want to be an oak of righteousness, but trees start as seeds. I look back. Here's my last point. Back to 1 Samuel 9, verse 14. 1 Samuel 9, 14. So they went up to the city, Saul and his companion. So they went up to the city, and as they came into the city, behold, Samuel was coming out towards them to go up to the high place. Samuel was the man of God that the servant was talking about. Now, a day before Saul's coming, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. Let me read that again. A day before Saul's coming, before you even get there, God's already gone in front of you. God's already making a way. That's why we don't quit. God's already there. A day before Saul even thought about going to see Samuel, God had already been there. And he said, about this time tomorrow I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him to be prince over my people Israel. And he will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have regarded my people because they cry out to me. Here's my fourth and last point real quickly. Sometimes lost, lost donkeys are for God's purposes. The missing donkeys were no accident. Are you ever surprised by what the Lord can use to accomplish his purposes? Saul had no idea. Saul had no idea that God had chosen him to be king of Israel. He was just looking for some lost donkeys. But the Lord had hand-picked him for a purpose to lead the nation, to deliver his people, and answer a national prayer. Have you ever thought that you may be the answer to somebody's prayer? Saul's search for lost donkeys had a greater purpose than he knew. Disappointment wants to distract us from God's appointment for us. If he had never never left looking for the donkeys, he'd have never found what God really wanted him to do. And we don't read this part, but Saul goes back home and the donkeys are home. The donkeys are home. So God will take care of his purpose, plus he'll take care of your donkeys. Stop elbowing your husband. So after... Being refused by another mission organization. Remember I told you I'd finish the story of Oswald Smith here at the end. After being refused by another mission organization, Oswald Smith prayed. And God showed him his real purpose. If he couldn't go as a missionary, he was to start a church to send missionaries. And Oswald Smith pastored People's Church in Toronto, which at that time sent more missionaries than any other church and any other organization in Canada. Because he didn't lose hope, he allowed God to transform his destiny, his his disappointment, into destiny. Let me say that again because I messed it up. Because he didn't lose hope (laughs) when his donkey got loose. The Lord transformed his disappointment into destiny. He had a ministry that lasted 70 years. During that time, he preached more than 12,000 sermons in 80 countries. And he wrote 35 books which were translated into 128 languages. What could have been absolute crushing disappointment when he was rejected again, God, I just want to serve you. God, I just want to do something for you. And it seems like the doors are just being slammed everywhere. God, I just want to see my kids grow up to know you. Lord, I just, I just want to be with you. And it seems like the doors are being slammed everywhere. We can be in disappointment. Or we can say, Lord, you can even use this to change people's lives. Don't let disappointment rob you of your destiny. What I want you to know. What I want you to know. Disappointment leads to discouragement, disillusionment and defeat what do I want you to feel I want you to feel hope rising up to bring expectation and encouragement what do I want you to do I want you to allow the Lord to reveal direction and purpose even when it feels like you're chasing lost donkeys